Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. It's the show that can remember being excited when City signed Fitzroy Simpson. Today we're talking all things Jack, the floppy-fringed, massive-carved rock and roll star. And we will of course be looking ahead to tomorrow's Community Shield clash with Leicester too. A £100 million signing and a trip to Wembley inside 48 hours. Oh, football, we've missed you. To discuss all this and more, I'm delighted to be joined today by Ali and Harry. Hi, Ali. You um, you done off cloud nine yet after last night's result? <laughs> I'm still buzzing. Uh, the the tiny little itty, little icky wee diddy sainties going to uh, Istanbul <laughs> and, what a and result. holding the mighty Galatasaray to one-one. Uh, it was great. I'm I'm absolutely uh, chuffed for it, and and it was going on exactly at the same time as the Grealish unveiling uh, <laughs> and everything. So my head has been all over the place for the last uh, you know fourteen hours or whatever. But we're we're much happier this way than uh, any of the alternatives. Yeah, I mean, you tweeted last night. I think I'm the only Manchester City St. Johnson fan in the world. <laughs> yeah, by default, I'm actually the happiest football fan in the world for a couple of hours. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, the last three months I've been like cloud nine. I don't know what I've done to uh, deserve this karma, but um, you know, everything, everything shit that's happened to me in the last fifty-four years, I'm now getting the benefits from. <laughs> oh, love it, love it, uh, Harry. You well? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Um, one of the benefits of being a, a sort of sports journalist is having to look at different sports. So, you know, my, my set, he had a massive imprint on myself from well, attempting to watch the cricket if the British weather let it happen yesterday while all of it was kicking off and how much it got delayed and then everything blew up and it was just like, whoa. So, yeah, I'm a, just a tiny bit tired, let's just say. Well, you've got a tiring weekend coming up as well, as you were just telling us off air. You're off to Wembley tomorrow, aren't you? Yeah, I, I say tiring, but it's I'm I'm not going to be because obviously this is my one of my first city game back in nearly well probably over one and a half years. My last one was Sheffield Wednesday in the cup, so I, it's going to be it's going to be a long time. But it's going to be a it's going to be mental. I'm I'm really 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 excited to go back. Um, no, I'm not even really excited for the game in general. Just sort of the routine is just it's just fantastic and obviously because yeah. City and Mint it's not a bad stadium to go to for your first stadium back yeah well absolutely I, I appeared on to my shame I appeared on a Liverpool pod this week because we wanted to do like a, a Premier League season preview and and yeah. they were talking about fans back in the ground and I said well it's not the football I'm, t- I'm especially looking forward to it's going to the games yeah. it's tra- the travelling the pounds you know and I missed all that a lot but right let's move on to um, Jack Grealish uh, I, I got it hopelessly wrong. I put it on Twitter that it was going to be early next week. Um, that's what I was led to believe. My sources are crap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I never, ever claim to be an Inverno, and, and I prove that to be the case time after time. Um, but it did surprise me. I mean, let's start with you, Harry, because you kind of, you had to write about him a lot, write about the oh. whole developments. Did it, did it, did the timing surprise you? Um, in terms of like how late they announced it, well, no, no, just kind of the fact that it was uh, prior to that. I I was led to believe it wouldn't be before the Community Shield, um, but uh-huh. were you told otherwise? Well, I, I, all we all we were told was that you know he he'd not changed his mind at all because I know yeah. I know there was a lot of panic when he got back, but I think understandably so. And I think if we were in the same situation and Villa were top and they wanted Foden, I think Grealish kind of wanted it to be handled in the correct manner. So he wanted it to all be on his terms so that he didn't have to not turn up for training, you know, that sort of thing. So while everything was being ironed out, he was just respectful to Villa. He turned up at training, he did all these photos with the fans and stuff like that. 
Um, but a tiny bit, not, not really, because from reports, it feels like this has been in the pipeline. Well, he said it yesterday, didn't he? It's kind of been in the pipeline for months. Mm. Um, so I think he's just, well, he seemed really excited to get going. Um, so yeah, probably, probably, probably not surprised, but I'm surprised with the transfer itself. I- I'm delighted, of course, but I was definitely one that kind of got on board with it as the saga developed. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's a real statement signing it, and it's just go and get one of England's best players from his bio club. It's something I'd sort of associate with the superpowers of like Man United and Liverpool, and even Chelsea to an extent back in the day. Um, so yeah, he's he's one that obviously just you know my feelings that you know a striker should have been the priority, but he's definitely a really really exciting player, um, and that midfield is genuinely scary right now. Well, that's what it comes down to for me. It's the excitement, it's the, the mm. thrill of seeing him play and play amongst the players that he will be playing with. So, um, Ali, do you feel the same way? How, how do you feel about the transfer as a whole? I am absolutely over the moon about it. Uh, uh, from the word go, from about uh, almost this time last year, I've been quite down on the hurricane rumours. I've, I've said this in this pod before. I'm 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 not really in the pro hurricane at City camp, mm. although I'm shifting very slowly as it gets closer to becoming a reality. <laughs> I, I've always been like a huge Grealish fan, and uh, from about a year ago, I was like pleading, well, pleading with the the the, uh, the gods of football to bless us with this one. I think he's uh, particularly. The first half of last season, he seemed to step up a level and he just looked like a Manchester City player through and through. The way he plays, his uh, natural gifts and technical abilities, um, but also just his, his creativity and his imagination and his sense of fun. And every time I see him play, I just, I've thought, I really want to see you in a Manchester yeah. City shirt. Yeah. Uh, and, and the closer it's got to becoming a reality, the, the more excited about it I've been. I don't actually remember being this kind of happy and stoked, excited about a single uh, transfer um, for forever. I mean, I, I, yeah. usually a player is like, oh, okay, I've, I've heard of him. He might be good. Or, you know, like, oh, I've no idea who this is, but we'll give it a go. Um, or there's uh, something a bit messy about it. That going back to Raheem Sterling, who was probably the last mm. really high-profile you know, mm. signing from a rival. Um, this one feels cleaner. It feels happier. And I'll, you know, at least half the Aston Villa fans might not agree with this, but I think it's been handled <laughs> really well. Uh, I thought the statement last night from Villa Chair Portlow, is he called Port, Port Slow? Port Slow, yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. one. Uh, I thought that was really good. It was classy, and hopefully that will have dampened down some of the wilder extremes of the uh, the Villa fans. Um, and yeah, no, I, I just think uh, at every stage, everything about this transfer has gone pretty much beautifully, and, and uh, I could not be happier about it. Harry, what 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 will he add to City's midfield? I mean, there's talk about him playing as a number eight, kind of rotating with Gundo. Um, firstly, can you see that happening? And secondly, kind of how does he improve City? Yeah, I think he'll I think he'll end up being Pep Guardiola's dream. He sort of said yesterday, didn't he? He's not really set on a sort of position. He's been talking with the manager about where he could possibly play. Um, I, I definitely think the eight would probably be his main position. Um, he's definitely going to add a different dynamic to the midfield. I think he's much more direct than De Bruyne and Gundogan, I would say. So he'll cause nightmares for the sort of centre of defence mm. and his threat will probably naturally drag defenders towards him. Um, so in that way, he probably will have a creator foul or we'll, he'll create space for wingers like Mahrez and Raz and Torres, whoever plays on the wings to 
to create more space and and get in more dangerous areas. So he's a definitely a much more direct player, and I think he could complement uh, De Bruyne quite well. De Bruyne likes to sort of sit back and and sort of conduct the play, as does Gundogan. You know, we saw a change in role last season where he scored lots more goals, but I definitely think he prefers to sort of sit back and dictate play like. De Bruyne does um, mm. so I think Grealish will have his sort of freedom in that area and I think the wingers especially will benefit from having having him in the side yeah it's a good shout by the wingers um, I just love the fact that all his stats basically come back to how direct he is as you said uh, how he runs at players his carries um, you know he makes things happen uh, and we have been guilty at times of being a little bit passe a little bit passive um, in, in regards to our possession um, you know, we look really good on the ball, but you know, how much penetration is there really? Um, we step it up, of course, we go through the gears, but he'll always be looking to attack. And, and it's exactly the kind of play, in a similar fashion to Raz, actually. Um, so that's exactly the kind of play we needed, but. Yeah. We just need to find a free kick taker now, don't yeah, we? I was going to say, I was, when, when you were talking about now, I was thinking, you know what? Kev's going to score 23 kicks this season. <laughs> <laughs> and what about the Villa fans then? Because, Ali, you've, you've mentioned that, you know, kind of half of them haven't been too pleased with it. I mean, of course, we can go back to the days of Shawnee Wright Phillips and how we felt when he went to Chelsea. I don't recall us being, you know, we kind of accepted our fate. We, we saw the situation that there was, he was a player who was, who was crying. Apparently, he didn't want to leave City. But, you know, he, he was taking a step up. City needed the money. Uh, it gave us a chance to kind of, you know, flourish uh, and get out of our own crisis. Everything worked in that transfer. This feels in a similar vein. Obviously, Villa weren't desperate for the money. But in every regard, it, it's, it's, it's a mid-table club and league champions. And the league champions are buying this mid-table club's best player. That's, that's the way it's always been, isn't it? It is. I think the one big difference is that we now have Twitter. Um, yeah. Um, every every conversation between a couple of fans that once happened over a pub table and a couple of pints or or late at night and a, like, a drunken phone call or whatever, um, where it never got beyond the uh, the the four walls of the lounge bar, um, all of those conversations are now being played out to an literally limitless audience, infinite audience, um, and the the worst takes and the most extreme positions are. Uh, constantly amplified and, and repeated, mm. um, and that creates a, a very different picture. Um, I mean, I think the we'll we'll probably come on to talk about Spurs fans maybe in a bit um, <laughs> and, and the situation there. But the uh, yeah, I, I, I think what we've seen with Villa fans is basically the the full the full span of humanity. You know, we've we've seen a lot of. I mean, if, I certainly if you've looked and taken the time to read around, um, a lot of very thoughtful and and uh, you know obviously kind hearted Villa fans have mm. a lot of nice things to say about Jack Grealish and everything he's done for their club over the years. Um, and a lot of the intelligent ones are talking about the value they can get with a hundred million quid's worth of upfront spending money, which they've already put most of it to very good use, I think. Um and they may well you know be a be a uh, more competitive team next year with the players they've bought than, than they were last year even. Um all of that is going on. And at the same time there's a lot of bitter people and angry people and people who feel let down and betrayed and, and uh people whose passions and and emotions run ahead of their logic and, and evidence. Uh and that's just kind of humanity, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And I have absolutely no. I mean, you know, we 
we saw a lot of the similar conversations. It, it was it was nowhere near as uh, as, as heightened as as a kind of uh, what's the word um, inflamed. But when Leroy Sani was talking about leaving City mm. and then eventually did, uh, particularly before he got injured, you know, in, in the period that you know that transfer window just before he cropped himself in the in the um, Community Shield, um, people were being really nasty about Leroy mm. Sani. Um, and what he wanted to do was leave the club where he, you know, spent four or five years and go back to the club he had always dreamed of all his life. Um, and it made perfect sense. And at least before he got injured, we were set to make a healthy profit on him. And it was probably in everyone's interests that Leroy moved on. And yet a lot of City fans were absolutely furious about it and felt betrayed and let down. And, and, um, and that's just how football fans are. Uh, so I don't think we can be too, holier than now about it I'm, I'm sure if uh, you know, heaven forbid if Real Madrid came in or PSG came in for Kevin De Bruyne um, or you know for that matter if Real Madrid came in for Phil Foden I mean, that that's probably the closest, you know, if you were a yeah. Miller fan that, that's yeah. what you'd say would be the comparison and, you know, fair enough um, you know, if, if let, let's scale it up. If uh, Real Madrid or PSG came in and offered 250 million quid for Phil Foden and Phil Foden said to us, look, look it's my dream to go and like, play one of the biggest clubs on the continent, um, we would be absolutely bloody livid about it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, all, all of those uh, you know, irrational passions and, and angers and all the rest of it would come flooding out. Um, so it is just football. You cannot have a game, you cannot have a sport that engages people to such a passionate extent, uh, which winds them up, uh, produces such extremes of emotion, elation, happiness, despair, uh, and then something like this happens and, and people just shrug and say, well, yeah, still have um, it, you know, football's not like that. Uh, you have to take the rough with the smooth in football, and, and what the the thing that football does, like nothing else on this planet, is uh, inflame people's passions for better and worse. And, and we're seeing it here, just as just as we do in every other aspect of the game. Um, and we can we can try not to indulge too much the the most you know venal and, and unpleasant of those emotions. Uh, it would probably it it would help everything and everyone if we could all learn to be a bit better at not sharing the worst opinions on Twitter and other social media and, and, and letting things die rather than amplifying them. But that's not how social media works. So we probably have to accept that too. And I think just everything is as it should be. But I repeat what I said a few moments ago. Um, I think on both sides and with all parties involved, I think uh, the Grealish transfer has been handled about as well as anyone could have wished for. Yeah, I think it might have gone there. I think social media does get a lot of flack and a lot of blame, and rightly so. But also, I think just these modern climes that we live in. Um, uh, and, and in addition to that as well, there's Premier League kind of entitlement as well to factor in because going back to the days of Sean Wright Phillips, I don't think that was so prevalent as it is now. So if you've got Aston Villa, who are a Premier League club, they have that Premier League entitlement. So it's how dare you get our player. You, you are merely just another Premier League club. Who do you think you are? Whereas mm. back in the day, there was a certain kind of pecking order to it. Everyone kind of accepted very reluctantly in our case that Manchester United were the elite, as it were, in Liverpool. And they could go every summer and get the best players 
that's less less so. Um, Harry, what's been your take on it? And also, how have you found the media reaction to, to the Grealish story in comparison to, say, Jaden Sancho to United? Um, I think they're two very different circumstances. I think because Sancho's been going on for a long, long time. Mm. Um, but the, I think I think what you you brought up before, I think social media is a problem, and this sort of Grealish saga has highlighted such a small example. But the nothing is going to change until and there's no anonymity in in, in yeah. social media. It's just, it's such a small example. Of course, you know all the the stuff with the racism after the the England final, and you know just kind of in general. Um, it's not going to change until social media change the, the anonymity that's involved. Um, people can literally abuse people for doing the jobs without any fear of consequences. Um, but this Grealish stuff is, in terms of transfers, purely transfers, it's something I've never seen before. It stems from these in the nose. And you, you, we had a conversation about in the nose before, but I just think that they're a load of rubbish. Mm. Um, they're just people who just take lucky guesses. And if they get, once one right they're automatically in the know. I mean I feel yeah, like true. I could become it's an in the know if I wanted to do um, and it just detracts from like actual journalists who do the research properly and only break stories when they think it's properly mm. sourced and stuff like that um, but it's it, you're, Ali's right it's like cult City fans are guilty of it too um, and sometimes I think we think a lot of it is just oh, it's just children but there was literally grown adults being absolute muppets in the saga Um <laughs> But it's, it's not even just United in terms of the, the sort of media. I saw the one this morning about him earning hundred and what's it, three hundred seventy-one thousand a week. They were trying to claim he was he was earning at yeah. City the other day. Um, and bearing in mind the reports were that Villa were set to offer him more, so I'm sure Villa would have been able to afford four hundred k a week for him. <laughs> wouldn't they? Um, but uh, yeah. Harry, you made the mistake there of using logic. This is social media, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. They've been adding in like Ballon d'Or clauses and if he wins 17 Champions Leagues, there's so many clauses that go into <laughs> contracts that, you know, if Grealish does that all in one year, I will happily give him £371,000 yeah. a week. So, yeah. But it's not just United, it's anyone bar City. The narrative is boring, it's old, and it's something I'm past caring about. If you want to sit on Twitter and complain like certain people do, then then go for it. But we all know how City works. Um, City have made over, what is it, 50 million in sales already in, in just sort of fringe and youth players. They'll make more. They'll get money from TV rights. They get money yeah. from being actually good at football and winning competitions. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's boring. Look, it, the the narrative oh, the the one the one that really got to me and I don't like him getting to me but the one on Sky the other day the slide digs they were giving us on Sky the other day with the Grealish and Kane stuff mm. and I just thought you know what what I'll do is I'll I'll have a look at what they've been saying about this Lukaku deal with with Chelsea of course they spent what was it yes. 150 million on attackers yeah. last summer and this Lukaku deal there was no there was no slide digs in there about Chelsea spending another 130 million or whatever it is after spending 250 million because the narrative is not right but because City fans react to this builds mm. this sort of you know what I mean they they know that if they, they post these they've had these graphics in store you know of Pep Gladier I'm I'm buzzing for when City sign Kane so we can get over that one billion mark and everyone can watch <laughs> over the the one billion graphics of, of Pep Guardiola. Just it's just it's just utter rubbish but they know what gets clicks, they know how to get people on board and it is just anti City and anti Pep stuff because they they know from past experiences how City fans react and how football fans who are obviously jealous of what Pep Guardiola is achieving at Man City will react to. It's a, I think that's a damn good point and I, I felt this way for some time. Um, Ali, are we our own worst enemies in this regard? Because 
And here we are, by the way, you know, I'm being a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> but, but, uh, as it comes to directly responding to these people uh, and these organisations and certain journalists who put tweets up, and then you look underneath and there is 200, 250 responses from City yeah. fans. And this particular journalist is thinking, great, my article has been read lots of times. It's had lots of interaction. That's what my editor wants. Yep. I'll, I'll write another one in a month's time. <laughs> so, uh, are we our own worst enemies? Oh, probably. But I, I think all football fans are. And I mean, mm. the, the, the ones that got me, there was one of the uh, Guardian journalists, not special football I don't know. I won't name him because why bother? Um, but he, he came out with a load of the usual nonsense about mm. City the other day. And then when people like jumped on him and pointed out that he was talking rubbish and, and uh, he was applying double standards and hypocrisy and all the rest of it, he started complaining about you know, being in, in, the, uh, in the classic tweet, brigaded by the vile trolls simply for <laughs> insulting them with, uh, <laughs> you know, simply for, for, uh, harassing them with, with insults and, and, uh, and lies, um, yeah, and and that kind of uh, oh poor me, all these mean city fans are bullying me just because I'm lying about them and insulting their club. Yes, uh, that that's the one that really gets me. Um, the other thing that I, I found uh, really quite amusing last night when people were going on about um, Grealish earning three hundred sixty-eight, I think it was they, they were saying, yeah, uh, you know, three hundred seventy grand a week. David fucking De Gea is on three hundred seventy-five thousand pounds. Don't talk to me about City inflating the <laughs> wages, the wages bill, when David De Gea is on more than Jack Grealish is. So, you know what? Uh, I won't mind. It's but it's a lie. It's no, a well, lie. Again, and who knows? I mean, I don't believe any of these figures that any of them put out for for what it's worth. Uh, <laughs> and I've, I've no idea. Mm. I, I, you know, there will be some players getting paid like significantly less than the, uh, the the headline figure, and there'll be others that will be getting all sorts more because they've got weird, dodgy clauses put in their contract, and that will be happening at all clubs. And honestly, there there is no topic about which I care less than accountancy. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's, yeah. I, 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 I honestly felt about a year ago that it was driving me away from the game. Um, yeah. In terms of following football, you know, I, I don't always watch a game yeah. in the privacy of my own house home you know but in terms of going on social media talking about it in the down the pub i thought this is this is taking me away from the game because we've all become accountants yeah it's, it's but the, the thing i was actually just literally 10 minutes before i came online to do this pod this morning i was having yet another argument actually with one of my one of my twitter friends so i, I think a united no a liverpool fan um but we were having a friendly chat rather than a proper full-on twitter barney i hope mm. uh oh, um the, the the point I tried to make is that the t- the eleven players that Manchester City put out each week are worth about the same, sometimes a bit less, sometimes a little bit more, but roughly about the same as the value of the eleven players put out by all our major rivals. You know, yeah. the, the other three or four teams mm. at the top of the table. Um, you had you put out a five hundred million pounds worth of of horse flesh on the pitch every week, and they compete against each other, and they compete against each other fair and square. Um, now, as you know, to to um, echo another argument from this morning, if you're a Bolton Wanderers fan, as yes. I was talking yeah, to yeah. this morning, is I can totally understand why you're pulling Bang your hair out in yeah. despair uh, at where this is. Um, and you know, and to be honest, if you are a supporter of uh, Stockport County or or uh, FC United, um, I will happily take lectures from you about global capitalism and the filthy money that, that's corrupting the game and, and 
choosing everything. If you're a supporter of United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, <laughs> then sod off yeah. and do one, because yeah. I'm not taking any of that from you, because we're all swimming about in the same filthy uh, uh, yeah. midden. And you know that's how it is. That's what the Premier League is. It's a, a gazillion dollar entertainment franchise, and it's also a beautiful game that played by the most you know skilled and incredible athletes, uh, and producing amazing drama and competitive uh, um, sport week in week out. And and that's why we love it. And yeah, you know, football is all of those things. It, it's absolutely awash with money. Um, there's not it's, that did not happen because City were taken over by the Abu Dhabi group. Um, and you know, if, if the Abu Dhabi group sold Manchester City and, and Manchester City went bankrupt and vanished tomorrow, the Premier yeah. League would not change in the slightest. All that would happen is that the, the wealth and power would be concentrated a bit more in the other four or five clubs. So, you know, I, I don't feel guilty about it. Um, I, I fully understand and, and uh, acknowledge what it is we are engaging with and dealing with in Premier League football and, and these ludicrous transfer fees, wages, all the other things we're talking about. You know, that I'm a City fan and I cannot deny it's absolutely insane the amount of money we throw at football players. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I just like it's absolutely insane the money that United were throwing at football players before we came along and, and Arsenal mm. and PSG and Real Madrid and Barcelona and everybody else. So it, it is what it is. Um, and either you buy into the, you know, the splendors of the Premier League and Champions League football for good or worse, or or you know, or go and support an non-league team, and and good luck to you if you do, and, and I hope you enjoy every Saturday afternoon. But that's not what the Premier League is. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, as regards to being being interested in the accounts and the finances and the fees and the wages and uh, amortis, I don't even know how to say the word. Is it amortization? Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what the word is. Um, but and, and having any interest in that, which I don't, I you know, I. I flunked maths in school I've got no interest in it I'm an English guy I like kind of language I like kind of um and I like football not maths um so but if you have got an interest in that then you know if you're a Bolton fan then yeah it really does matter if you go out and you spend kind of you know 10 grand on a player because you could have an effect you you know you need you need to think do our owners know what they're doing here are they making the right decision I'm 100% sure that Manchester City can afford Jack Grealish. I'm 100% sure that the people at the club have sat down and gone, yeah, these figures square. They know what they're doing, you know? Yeah. So I can let, let all that to them. Leave it to them. And then I can just concentrate on supporting City and, and making my judgment calls on the players and kind of the style of football and all the rest of it. Mm. But... Yeah, that's just how. Go, go just ahead. until they, I was just going to say, until they give us a reason to question their judgment, like why should yes, we question yeah. them? Like with the Champions League ban, of course, if that had gone through, we'd have had the right to ask questions about what we're doing with the finances. But we've proven by getting, you know, by getting exonerated from from Cass, and I don't know what's going to happen with this Premier League. Honest to God, when that came up last week, I was like, oh, here we go again. But until they give us a reason to 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 doubt what they're doing why 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 should we doubt their ability to spend 100 million pounds on a player yeah premier league clubs can afford to spend a lot of money on players and they do that's that's as far as my interest goes as regards as regards to the finance at least um yeah anyway we've got jack Grealish. <laughs> yeah yeah not bad. Uh, okay let's turn our attentions to Wembley tomorrow um let's start off with the opponents Leicester. uh they brought Samara in and uh, Dakar that Daka potentially could be a superb striker for him. But they're without Johnny Evans and Fafana. Did either of you see that tackle 
I didn't. Oh, I read about it, and I, I, cho- I decided oh. not to go and look it after. After in I read a pre-season friendly, that is so it was horrific. It, it really was. Yeah. So that Paul, I mean, because he he was outstanding last season as well. So. I was about to ask who's got him in our little fantasy draft. <laughs> oh God, yeah, one of us would have him in the draft. Oh dear. Oh Jesus. I know it was not me. I went and checked straight away. <laughs> I, I think it may be me, but um, <laughs> so yeah. So they're without Joey Evans and Fafana, so they may have to play in DD at, at centre back. Um, but they're still going to pose all kind of problems for City uh, tomorrow. Thing what strikes me, and we'll get to this very shortly with the team selection, is Community Shield so often comes down to which team is fittest, which team mm. is kind of at that better, more advanced stage of prep. And given City's kind of ad hoc, enforced ad hoc preparation for the season, having to kind of, you know, quickly uh, put in place friendlies because others fell through, I suspect Leicester will be the fitter of the two teams tomorrow. Um, Ali, how do you feel about Leicester? Do you think they could um, cause us problems? Uh, I honestly don't know because, uh, like you just say, we've got no idea how fit they are. Yeah. I believe if likely Schmeichel won't be starting, I believe he's just on his way back. Um, or at least according to the rumor I heard. Um, and obviously they've got, you know, some new players coming in, uh, who won't be up to speed. But the, I always feel a bit funny about the Community Shield because on the one hand, I don't, Pep talks about it being a trophy that we want to win. He, he considers it, you know, a, a prestigious title um, that we're competing for. Um, at the same time, it does always feel a bit like a pre-season match as well. Yeah, and I don't know if we want to use it to put the best possible team the week. I mean, the same goes for Leicester. I don't know whether the teams will want to use it to put out the best possible team they can, or if they will want to use it as another preseason match to get players that haven't had hours or minutes in the pitch, um, get them out there and, and get some time into the leg before the, the league starts next week. Uh, so Leicester and City have both got the same dilemma there. Uh, and it's always a little bit of a uh, lucky dip who's going to make it on, onto the pitch in the end. Um, and I, I cannot express enough how much admiration I've got for uh, what what Brendan has, Same, Brendan yeah, has yeah, done yeah. at Leicester over the last couple of years. I mean, obviously, you know, that Leicester goes back beyond that to, to Ranieri and even before Ranieri. Um, so, you know, what that club has achieved over the last you know, five, six years is just astonishing. Uh, and they will have my uh, admiration for it for you know, as long as I live or remember. Um, and I, I, I really like them as a team now. Um, yeah, that... Ian Hatcho, I'm, I'm such a fan of, and I've got him in our little uh, fantasy football <laughs> draft. I'm quite chuffed about that one. Um, uh, and I, I believe he, both he and Vardy are likely to be starting tomorrow, um, and they've got their new star striker from Salzburg as well. Uh, so, you know, they, they've got a lot of firepower up front. Um, in terms of the Community Shield, uh, if you'd asked me probably two years ago, two or three years ago, did I care at all about the Community Shield? Um, I'd have probably told you no. I just, I, I think of it as another preseason friendly, uh, and just as a warm up match for the league starting. And, and, you know, if we win, good. If we don't, I really don't care. Um, and then I remember last year watching it and we weren't in it. And I felt really quite resentful. <laughs> I was like, hang on, hang on a minute. <laughs> What's happened here? How come we haven't, how come we're not in this match? We, we need to be. Um, I, 
and I, I kind of it felt like we were lacking something, um, and then went into went into the first league, the you know, first few games of the season a bit cold. Uh, so I'm really glad we're there, and I think I I now have a new appreciation for the value of the Community Shield for the clubs that are in it. Um, and I'm quite looking forward to the game. I think Leicester are a fantastic opponent for City yeah, at this definitely. stage. Uh, they're they're good enough to be a, a proper challenge, proper competitive match. Um, there's not any kind of real uh, spite or edge to it. I think everybody wish the other side well, and uh, I hope they would anyway. Um, and it's kind of it, it almost feels like the perfect Community Shield. It's a, a quick replay of the. Um, uh, FA Cup final, um, and and I'm looking forward to it. And I'm actually I'm very jealous of of you, Harry, because you've got you've got your act together, unlike me, and you're actually going. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I hope it's a repeat of the FA Cup final, not a repeat of the five two at the Etihad last September. Uh, um, does that concern you, Harry, the, the threat that Vardy and Ian Acho pose? I mean, Vardy scored nine times past City in recent seasons, more than any other player in recent times. Um, why does he regularly do so well against us? Um, because he's mint, unfortunately. <laughs> Pretty much simple as that. No, in all seriousness, his, his pace is just a nightmare. It's yeah. just, he's just got infinite amounts of pace. Um, and the times we have kept him quiet has been when Walker's on the absolute top of his game because there has been times where Walker's played and Vardy has absolutely run as ragged like in that 5-2. Um, so it's with him not there, obviously it's a massive worry because they're a team that play with sort of the utmost belief in themselves. And despite them sort of fading away at the end of last season, I kind of defo mixing it with the big boys at the moment. Um, I'm not entirely sure if they'll change system with the, you know, with the with the, with the centre halves and stuff. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think but four, it, four four two, I think. Right. Well, if it's the usual, then the front two of whatever it's Vardy and you know, actually or Vardy and Daka, it'll be cause a significant threat. Mm. Um, the five two um, really, I, I think I mentioned this before on a podcast. It was such a freak result that I didn't look too much into it at the time. Mm. It was before we just played Leicester, just towards the end of the season, we beat him at the King Power. Three penalties. He's just freaky in in any game. Um, and the bizarre backline we had that day of like Mendy, Ake, Garcia, Walker. And I can't remember who the other one was. It was it was just such a bizarre five at the back backline. I'm pretty. Oh no, it might be four actually. It might have been them four. Um, obviously, we're probably infinitely better with the the backline. We'll probably put out at the weekend with Cancelo and Diaz in there. Um, so yeah. I, I, of course, Vardy's pace is going to be a massive threat. It was a, quite an interesting interview with him before the game about him retiring from international football because he feels like if he if he'd have played any longer, his his legs would have gone. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see how Vardy does this season because, of course, he started off last season really good, but he sort of faded towards the end. So it'll be interesting to see how he's going to play. Um, but Leicester, apart from the back line, have got quality players in midfield. I'm pr- I don't know. If you know anything, is Yori Tielemans going to be available? Apparently so, yeah. yeah. Right, I, okay, I, so I, I have no idea about starting 11s for either team because, as you said, you know, we don't know about how prepared they are or what kind of yeah. um, level of fitness they've got, but he will feature, I believe. Yeah, so past the, the attacking line, they've got an incredible sort of midfield free as well. So the only reason for City to sort of take some encouragement is, of course, the, the injuries to, to the back line. If City can get them to, to City's danger men who are going to be in the side, then then City will definitely cause problems. But Leicester will also cause City problems. It's inevitable. But I think Pep will treat this as a as a sort of pre-season 
game because you know considering last week we only had Preston scheduled as a pre-season game it was looking mm. like a bit of a disastrous pre-season so the fact that they've been able to get another two and then I think Pet might treat this as a sort of warm-up to Tottenham um, I don't think he'll take it as seriously as, as he has done in the last couple of years um, but of course there will definitely be a lot of the first teamers out there mixed with a few of the, the youngsters I think Well is that what you're anticipating Ali kind of like De Bruyne and Rodri are perfect examples of this players who came back late because of the Euros of course they've they've got some minutes in the legs but not a great deal they've had a bit a few training sessions here and there I mean, you'd want them to feature, you'd want them to get minutes into their legs, but they're hardly likely to play 70-plus minutes. So throughout the game, can you see basically players like De Bruyne and Rodri coming in, you know, kind of 45 minutes yeah, a piece, uh, mixed in with the kids, as Harry says? I would hope so. That, I mean, that's what I'd like to see. I, I, I'm never entirely sure what Pep's going to do in these kind of circumstances. Well, yeah, he, yeah. he often surprises us. Um I mean, he he was talking a, a week or two ago about playing a B team effectively, yes, and, uh, yeah. uh, and I don't think that will happen. I, I think we might see kind of two or three fringe players, if we can put it that way. Um, but I, I think it, um, his main concern will be getting minutes into the legs of, of players like De Bruyne and Rodri before you have to go to Tottenham next week, which is going to be such a charged, mm. like fiery <laughs> man. Whatever happens, that is going to be spicy as a vindaloo. You know that um, whatever we're we're up to, everything, uh, particularly assuming like it's a, a full stadium, which I think we're not quite clear about yet, are we? No. Uh, but um, yeah, there, there's that to look forward to. I don't want. Kevin De Bruyne to be um, wandering onto the pitch having only played 15 minutes in in the last nine weeks Uh, so yeah um, that would be my consideration Um, but I mean if if we do um, pick a few of our our, uh, EDS lads um, they've been playing so well in the warm up games Um, in particular, McAtee was was sensational against Bristol. I just, I, you know, I know I, I would call him a revelation. You know, people like us have been talking about him for a little while, so that's not quite the right word. But believe the hype, you know, yeah. <laughs> on on McAtee. I would put it that way. Um, Palmer was great as he always is. He's a class act. Um, and and Edozi, um, we're we're all loving Edozi. Well, I mean, I I'll because I don't kind of I'm not an in the know as I said at the yeah. top. You know, I'm not an in the know, but people just feed me stuff now and again. And I was fed today that basically right at the top at City, they have been really impressed with Edozi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, apart from that, I'm really trying to make a, a Davy Edozi beaky making. <laughs> I've yet, I've yet to quite put it together. I mean, there's something I, in there. In the intro, I really wanted to get a Jack Grealish kind of. Um, oh, I'm not even going to say it. It was embarrassing. I tried out my wife. She said, "Don't say that." <laughs> I really want to hear it now. It, it, no. it, it involved. Oh, I don't know what I was thinking. It was early this morning. Kellogg's Frosties. Jack Grealish. Um, <laughs> Grealicious. I was. It, it, was, it was awful. But yeah. But continue, mate. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no, he does. He just opens up so many uh, headline opportunities. He does. But anyway, he does. <laughs> particularly when he starts getting things wrong. But anyway, uh, no. He, um, the 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 kids of it be uh, patronising have were absolutely outstanding over the over the warm up games. Uh, so it would be really nice if, if a couple of them got the the window of the. Um, national uh, national network TV and, and Community mm. Shield match. So it'd be great to see, um, but I don't expect a lot of that. I think it will be some uh, kind of a 
slightly stitched together makeshift first team is what I'm expecting to mm. see and, and it will largely depend upon the um, the physios and the fitness measurements and how well they've done in the beep tests this week and all the rest of it and obviously none of us are privy to that information yeah Harry what what kind of team are you anticipating kind of similar to, to Ali yeah, yeah, I think I think the, the the most interesting position is the striker because I feel like the, the defense is pretty much set in stone. You'll have Stefan Cancelo, Diaz, Ake, and Mendy. Mm. Um, one interesting thing, thing to note from Blackpool: Alexander Sinchenko wasn't involved at all uh, in the squad, so I don't know if he's picked up some sort of knock, whether it's in training or in the, the sort of second preseason friendly. So I doubt he'll be involved unless it was something very minor. Yeah. Um, Fernandinho probably stays in, as does Gundogan. Maybe Bernardo Silva and definitely Mara. So then it is the final two positions, I'd say, that are up for grabs. I think you spot on. I think Cole Palmer is more likely to start out of all the youngsters because Pep obviously rates him very highly. With his new contract this summer, there's a lot of talk of him being integrated into the first team a lot more, similar to the sort of Phil Foden path. They obviously rate him very highly. Mm. He's immensely impressed me in, in pre-season. His directness, his ability on the ball just to turn and open up space um, has helped Mares and Cancelo on that side load. So I think he could operate on the other side. And then up front, is the, I think he's the most interesting one because we haven't got one that is completely and utterly fit. So well, the whether, out, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, whether he goes with a false nine um, and De Bruyne does come in or Bernardo plays in that position or whatever, or he goes with Ben Knight again because Ben Knight seems to be the one that Pep has trusted for the three pre-season games. He's, he's played really well. His link-up plays really good. Uh, he seems to be decent in front of goal as well. So other than him, it's probably between between him and, and Sam Adozi, I'd say, for them for that spot. Um, other than that, yeah, it's like you said, it's totally dependent on fitness. Yeah. Uh, what about score prediction, Ali? Uh, you know what? I It's Community Shield. Uh, I can easily see it ending nil-nil. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. But but I'll uh, I'll I won't be quite as boring as that in my actual prediction. I'll say we'll nick it one nil. Okay, I mean, look, three of the last four years have been one one. I'm, I'm going to go for a repeat of that one one with Leicester to kind of nick it on pens. Um, what about you, Harry? I swear, every time I come in here, everyone nicks my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's just all about containing Leicester's danger, man. If we can do that, I think Mahrez might be the key man for City. I was going to go 1 0 as well, but you know what? Sorry, I'll go, I'll go 2 0, be more confident. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, well, before we go, let's just have a thought on the competition as a whole. I mean, you touched on it before, Ali, and I'm much the same way, actually. I, I valued this competition far less until City started to win it, and I think that might be connected. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I genuinely do believe it, it serves a really good purpose, um, the Community Shield, and it's one I always enjoy. And it's one as well, whenever I look back on kind of, you know, childhood and when, when I was obsessed with football, so many of my favourite moments involved what was then the Charity Shield, because you'd be bored shitless all summer, desperate for some football, and then suddenly you've got a sunny day at Wembley, and, and this game on telly, which it was a rarity back then to have football on the telly. So I always feel very fondly about the Community Shield. Um, Harry, is it, a, is it a practical trophy for City as much as anything else? I mean, you know, it, it, it's a really good warm-up for, for the Tottenham yeah, game. Or in, in addition to that, I mean, tomorrow you're going to Wembley and we can win, 
you know, a trophy. So yeah, of course, yeah. As a fan, I love it. It's like you said. We've, we've, of course, this summer we've been absolutely spoiled with the quality of the Euros and obviously the quality of, of England's team. But yeah, I, I, as a fan, I sort of love it as a day out to when we to kickstart the season. It's one of the perks of City being pretty good nowadays. Um, a lot of managers see it the way the way Pep does. Mourinho's another one of them. Um, it's nice to win, but in the past, I've always seen it as a sort of way of players getting rust off after a sort of long summer break. Yeah. So I've always seen it that way. Um, but, you know, yeah, well, if you want to see it that way, see it that way. Like, and, you know, Pep, Pep will definitely see it as a, as a trophy, as will a lot of the players who have come and, and, and ended up um, not with trophies. And, and, and that, you know, Kyle Walker came back from World Cup duty and, and came straight back to City to win the Community Shield because it's something that yeah, footballers yeah. want in the cabinet as well. And I'm sure if he is involved this weekend, I know there's a lot of talk about him being involved. Jack Grealish will want to be involved. And how funny will it be with his first game as a City player picking up a trophy? Well, I mean, could he? I mean, yeah. do you, do you think he, he might well feature? I think he's just buzzing to get going, mate. I, I, maybe maybe not from the start. I think yeah, he'll yeah, come off the bench. Yeah. I think he is just buzzing to get going. And if yeah. he is fit enough, I don't see why not he can come off the bench and get 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes with his new team, knocking it about. Um, I can't see from the start because I assume a week with the team before Tottenham, he'll need that just to get up to speed on how Pep wants him to play. And, yeah, yeah. You know, just sort of rhythm, rhythm things. Um but I don't see why he can't feature off the bench if he's fit enough. And, you know, I assume, like you say, he'd be buzzing to go. Um, he's been in training with Villa now for, for a week. So he's, he's had a decent amount of training beforehand as well. So I, I don't see why. I'd love to see him feature at some point. Well, it's feature and, and like Kev De Bruyne said in his post, you know, now let's go to work. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Ali, you looking forward to tomorrow? Very much, yeah. Particularly if Grealish does uh, have a little cameo or whatever, that would be that would be such fun. And and yeah, I mean, the the nice thing about it is it's a match that we that that feels like it means something, but don't really care. Yeah, it's a free hit. Like, yeah, there's, yeah. there's not it, it, it is a it's an enjoyable, particularly enjoyable game. Probably there's nothing else quite like it in football. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be great. And and um, I. Think, oh, I was just going to say, I think with Foden still being injured, that increases the chance of, of Grealish coming on a lot. Um, mm. And I think the fact that Foden will probably still be out for Tottenham, we, we should say people will probably be listening to this podcast after Pep's uh, press conference. Yes. Today, yeah. Yeah. We might know a bit more about injuries and so on, but you know, we don't at the moment. Um, there's a vague hope that Foden might be fit for Tottenham next week, but I think he probably won't. Uh, in which case, I think that makes it much more likely that uh, Pep will want Grealish up fully fit and, and maybe having just like the, the butterflies in his tummy like subsided a little bit before he goes out in the pitch at Tottenham. Um, so you know, getting getting him on for you know 15 minutes would would probably be quite high on on Pep's list of priorities, assuming that he's he's. Got a shirt that fits him, and <laughs> yeah, they work with yeah, the socks, you know, the right seat in the bus, all that kind of thing, and 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 his head is in the right place, which is probably you know, in in being serious about it is probably more of a consideration. Um, but I would I think Grealish is probably buzzing to get out there, and, and would probably be begging Pep to to give him a few minutes. That's what I love about him, and all the talk uh, across the Euros, all the interviews he gave, and any time one of the interviewers would kind of say to them, try to imply to him, you know, oh, there's a lot of pressure on you right now, isn't there? He's like, yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of player we need. Yes. Yeah. 
I'm assuming all of our talks about uh, the starting lineups for tomorrow, we're assuming we're not going to get the Lionel Messi signing done in time. No, yeah, people are, not just. It's, 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 it's a paper, it's, it's that damn fax machine, what cost me night. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, lads, I enjoyed that. Thank you very much, Harry. Yeah, can I just leave you with something? Uh, Jack Grealish has just—they just posted. City have just posted, posted the inside city of, of Jack Grealish's oh, first yeah. day. And if you didn't, if you didn't love him enough, one of the highlights is apparently Jack Grealish's amazement at the big Asda next to City. <laughs> uh, they, were, they were conducting a tour of the Etihad Stadium, and uh, and in his delight, he exclaimed, "Hey, tell you what, can't go wrong with a bit of Asda." Oh, <laughs> love that lad. he's at home isn't he he's gonna be so at home i've I've said on the pod prior but it is it's relevant this it's my my wife's a a barber and the amount of kids coming in asking for jack Grealish's haircuts at the moment he's he's a superstar he's got a new haircut though hasn't he yes it's embarrassing the amount of people i saw with a folding haircut the cricket last week oh my (laughs) god (laughs) (laughs) well cheers i really appreciate that mate yeah thank you very much mate and thank you very much ali it's been a blast as ever. And thanks everyone for listening in. Uh, that's a wrap for today, folks. We're off to check out Twitter because Manchester City haven't boiled any piss now for at least 12 hours. In the meantime, take care of yourselves. Enjoy the game tomorrow and forever up the blues. <laughs>